Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. I hope that God is moving in your life. Church, I, I want you to know that it is a discipline for all of us to play a song from our heart that reflects God's goodness. I mean, if you think about it, Stephen started this last week. We're in a sermon series called The Playlist, which we all have our phones. Come on, I can even take you back to, to the cassette tapes. And uh, someone was about to say eight tracks. Uh, and, and, and the reality is, Music has always been a part of our culture. And your heart reflects the songs that you meditate on. The sounds from our heart can play songs of pain or peace. And we play them, listen, over and over again. Our playlist can collect tracks of gratitude to the Lord or grudges that we have with people, grudges that we have even with the Lord, where we feel like he has been slow in a promise or he has not been faithful like we thought he would be. And I want you to know that the playlist is about identifying the tracks that are being played from your life like when you get stressed come on when pressure comes to you when you feel abandoned or alone what is the anthem what is the song that is playing in you and we all have like a throwback song that we like mine is you know it's the eye of the tiger come on like mine is the eye of the tiger rising high yeah i mean just like yeah, you know, you just, you just play it, and, and I don't know what yours is. Um, it may be this weird, vibey, melancholy, <laughs> but we're going to jam. Like, we'll, we're going to throw down. And we all have that song that when, once you play it, you know what I mean? The gas pedal goes down, speedometer goes up. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, this last week, Katie and I were traveling, and we, we were driving back at like 1.45 in the morning, and the only thing keeping us up was like our playlist, and she's over there, and I'm over there. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we see blue lights behind us, and we get stopped, and she looks at me like... And I'm like, what, you were jamming too? <laughs> and so uh, I got a warning. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. I got a warning. Uh, and I lost like three of y'all. Y'all going to go to another church now. Uh, that's cool. I just thought I would confess my sins rather than hide them. So anyway, but you can go wherever you want. Um, but, but it was funny because when the police officer lady uh, came up, she was like, Good music. I was like, my girl. <laughs> Sometimes we just have these tunes, these, these, these things that play over and over and over again. 
in our heart. And um, I, I remember, and, and some of these tunes, I'm going to be honest, um, when you think about your mental playlist, that is tailored to your background, to the season of life you're in, personality, your interests. Even, I remember a couple years ago, my wife was like, she had found these personality songs that she was like, I want you to listen to this. And so she's like, I think this is your life. And I'm like, she's like having one that's just a deep conversation about my personality. And it's like this rock ballad and, 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 and she's playing it and she's looking at me the whole, you know, man, you know how like your, your wife wants you to experience something really good. And she's like, and I'm like, what? I'm like, you know, and she's like crying over this song, and I'm like, this is weird. Feels weird. And she's like, what did you think? And I was like, I thought I could cry or never listen to it again. You know, what I mean? and I think that for all of us, our playlist affects how we feel. We all in a moment, even maybe even driving to church, there was something that was playing on your mind. There was a thought. You were, you were meditating on something. And I want you to know that you can meditate on good things. There was a study by a university in the Netherlands that backs up this premise. They, they took 43 young adults and they had them do a perception test, they, a visual perception test. And they had them look at basically a computer screen. And they had images that were in the background of faint images in the background of happy and sad people. And they played 15 minutes of sad music and 15 minutes of happy music. And as they began to do their research, what they found out is when they played sad music, they identified quicker sad faces and made up faces that weren't even there. And then when they played happy music, they quickly found happy faces and even made up faces that weren't there based on the music that they were listening to. Here's the takeaway from this study. The playlist that is running in your mind is affecting how you see the world. The song that you're playing, the things that are going on in your mind are changing how you see men, how you see women, how you see marriage, how you see your children, how you see authority, how you see God's calling on your life, how you see the Father's love. God wants you to see the world as redeemable. Redeemable. He wants you to change your playlist. Come on, listen, to reflect his goodness. God is good. Just like the study, we face many perception tests. We all listen to self-talk and worries and the enemy begins to speak in our head. And all of it is to cause us to do one thing, which is, come on, listen, doubt God. This causes us to set a playlist with sad songs. Things that begin to change what we see. Exodus 34 verse 6 reminds us, look at this verse, 
the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in the goodness and truth. And here's what I want to encourage you all today. Your moods don't have to pick your playlist. If we focus on God's goodness then here's what happens is our response begins to be love and hope and that it becomes contagious. But when we begin to focus on all of the lack and the things that we don't have and the lack of validation and the people who have hurt us and all of the stuff, then we begin to see things, listen, that aren't even there. God can provide more than just temporary relief i know this study is ultimately music and all of that is just temporary relief but i i want you to know that god can redeem your past god can heal your hurts god can remove the pressure that you're walking in today the song on your heart should be a song of gratitude and thanksgiving and i can tell you you will always be a little heavier you will hurt a little longer and you will feel your pain more intensely when your song is sad and it is not, God, I know this is a hard moment, but I praise you and I'm grateful and I know you're good. My assignment today is a song of gratitude. A song of gratitude. Luke chapter 7 verse 37. We're going to read this whole passage because I think that this story illuminates what we're talking about. 37 verse 50. Uh, come on, when you're there, say, I got it. Get your phones out. Yes, you can look at the screen. Uh, but the screen is for those that maybe you don't have a Bible, you didn't bring your Bible. Can I just throw out a thought? When the church of God becomes impositioned by bringing their Bible, we've got a problem bigger than who's president. I want, I, I want to encourage you to lean in and get a Bible. Open your phone. Take a little bit. Write this down. Take a snapshot. Begin to look over this as we begin to dive into the Word. Let's go. And behold, a woman of the city who was a, come on, say it. Some of y'all like, can I say that word? Who am I talking to? Ouch. Come on, was a, come on, say it, Sinner. When she learned that he, Jesus, was reclining at the table at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster flask of ointment, standing behind him at his feet, weeping as she began to wet his feet with her tears and wipe them. Look at, think about this picture with her hair that was on her head. She kissed his feet and anointed them, him with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what type of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a, come on, sinner. Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other one more. Look at this. Now which of them when 
They could not pay. He canceled both of their debts. Now, which of them loved him more? And Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Look at this. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You have given me no kiss, but from the time that I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. With ointment, uh, I'm getting distracted here. Kiss my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this that even he forgives sin? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go rest in peace. Sorry about that. My font was smaller. And I was like, whoa, I got to zoom this back. Here's what I want you to see in this. There are two main characters other than Jesus in this story. And on the offshoot, you would think that the focus is on the hospitality of Simon. But this story is so rich with revelation that I'm going to be honest, I was, when I read it, I was impacted and convicted by the lessons that are evolving in this story. Now listen to this. Jesus shows up at Simon the Pharisee. Just so that you know, there were three major Simons in Jesus' world, in his relationship. There was Simon Peter, Simon the Zealot, and Simon Judas Iscariot. So these are the three Simons. In Jesus' world, Simon the Pharisee is not really in Jesus' world. It's, it, this is a fourth Simon, okay? I just want to make that clear because when you read it, you're like, Simon, Simon, Simon. It was just a common name. Simon the Pharisee invites Jesus in to understand more of who Jesus is. I think that a lot of times... We come to church, and we're just wanting to understand a little bit more. We're wanting to observe. We're wanting to investigate. We're wanting to check it out and go, you know what? What is the Jesus that you're talking? What are you talking? What is this church about? And here is what bothers me. The man who had Jesus in his house was so focused on trying to discover who Jesus was that he missed what Jesus was doing. I mean, think about it this. In, 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 and I don't know if you know this, but in Eastern, Middle Eastern countries, in, in ancient uh, Middle Eastern hospitality was that a guest welcomed into your home was a sign of great honor. And here's how they would treat people in the ancient Middle East. East. Here's what it was. A friendly kiss, a foot washing, and fragrant oil. A friendly kiss was done by the head of the home, and it was a sign of respect and friendship. The foot washing 
was usually done by a servant in the house, and it was a sign of honor. And the anointing of oil was olive oil mixed with other fragrant spices, and it was a sign of hospitality. To omit these practices was a sign of rudeness and an insult, listen, to the guest. And it was the sinful woman who understand the true value of Jesus while the established, secure pillar of society missed it. The Pharisee was more engaged in trying to discern if Jesus was going to hurt or help the cause. What I want you to see is there are two spirits at war here. One is the spirit of faith. The other is the spirit of fear. And the spirit of fear, this man is, I need to protect. I need to check out. I need to see what Jesus is all about. And you missed who he was. Because the playlist and the song that you were looking at was different. This man had Jesus in his home and didn't value his presence. We are called to give him praise for who he is. Jesus is in the house. Come on, listen. Jesus is the promised Messiah. He is the one to deliver Israel. He is the deliverer, but the host, Simon, withholds gratitude and refuses to see Jesus' value. And in the midst of struggle and hardship, the sinful woman gives everyone a powerful lesson because she is the only one who recognizes the value of the Lord. She, by her actions, communicate, he is the only one worthy. He is the only one that can forgive my sin. Uh, come on, listen. I wish I had some grateful people because here's what happens is when we get into our fear, when we be, then we begin to operate with motives and investigations and we no longer begin to appreciate the presence of God. We dismiss the present because we want him to do something for us but he's already done something come on somebody for us some of us are withholding gratitude and praise from the Lord because we have a present problem Your problems don't dethrone, come on, the king, our problems. And the enemy is always wanting to show you your lack. But God is like, yo, before heaven, I had a plan for your redemption. If you get saved, you will live eternity forever. Like, I got you. Do you recognize the value of the Lord? Come on, how long has it been? If you think about the last two weeks of your life, have you been rehearsing the frustration? Has the sad song been playing? Or are you like, I'm in a hard season. This isn't fun right now, but God is good. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. He's always with me. Come on. Does anybody have some praise? Does anybody ever felt like they were pursued by God? Does anybody have a testimony where God has been like, why are you still married? How is God still moved? Like, you, come on. And here's the deal. 
An alive church will remember that, and a dead church will forget it. Pastor, I'm going through something, and here's the deal. You always will. But what we go through does not change who God is. It doesn't, come on, listen, diminish his value. Here's the second thing that we learn from this story is that you've got to keep pouring out devotion to the Lord. In our Western culture, we all want to move, come on, listen, on to the next goal, the next task. We are achievement-based. What do you do? How much do you do? What do you make? How much do you make? What have you accomplished? How, what have you done? What business do you have? How, what, what degrees do you have? And accomplishment is the thing that drives, come on, listen, our culture. But here's what I want you to know. Jesus' kingdom has no end. And there are many things that you can give your life to, but there is only one thing that, listen, will never fade away. And if you are saved, this is a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. And I just said this, but it means that you will, listen, you're never going to die. Sure, your body, you, you will leave this earth. Your soul, your spirit will leave. And you will be present in, a, in heaven for all of eternity. But if you're saved, your sins, are, the Bible says, are, are thrown as far as the east is from the west. Today is September 11th, and we, we, we begin to honor all of those Americans that, that die. We, they'll, they'll replay the images, and they'll talk about the 3,000 lives that were lost September 11th. As terrorist attacks happened, and all America, we, we, if you were alive, we all remember where we were on that day. And let me tell you this I think it's good to remember. But if we're gonna go through this much intentionality to remember a horrific day, how much more should you lean into remembering the day that Jesus redeemed your life? And that you came to the place where this world can no longer have an effect on what you do and where you go. Come on, does that make sense? Come on. Like, that, that's good news. you got to keep pouring out. There is an interesting statement that Jesus makes in this passage. And I want you to look at it. They're going to put it up here on the screen. It is this, he who forgives little, loves little. He who forgives little, loves little. I'm going to say it again, because you're like, duh, we know it. He who forgives little, loves little. Let's just stay here for a second. Let's unpack this thought. Jesus is teaching us that the love of for God is directly proportional to understanding the magnitude of our own sin and the extreme goodness, come on, of God's grace to forgive us. In other words, you don't get saved at 17, 20, 45, whenever, and go, that was a great event. Thank you, God. I'm good. Do that.
like you are always grateful. The Bible says that you did not choose me, that I chose you, that I was at your heart's door knocking. I was wanting to make entrance into your life, and because of my presence, you opened the door, and what you need to know is you've been pursued. Well, how do I reconcile honoring the Lord and playing a song of gratitude, but yet being frustrated about my current condition. And all I can tell you is that here are the two people, here are the two main characters in this story. Here is the Pharisee. And I know that there are no Pharisees in our church. At least I'm praying, come on. There are no Pharisees in our church. But let me describe the Pharisee to you. Simon had studied theology, he'd memorized scripture, he demonstrated incredible self-control, he tithed, he spent a bunch of time serving God, he had a reputation as a godly man, yet he did not love God and had nothing to pour out. And I'm just going to be honest, that type of church is a dead church. That type of church pontificates all the things that they don't have and removes the glory and honor from God from what he's done. But then you have the sinful woman who is... Life is full of mistakes, mess-ups, wrong motives, self-living, and she is the one that is described by Jesus as having the model for true worship? Come on, Jesus said this a bunch of times. He would be in a rally and people would be there and there would be investigators, people who operated with a spirit of fear trying to figure out how this would hurt the setup of the church and the synagogue and all of that. And he began to look at them and said, don't you know prostitutes are getting in before you? Your practice isn't wrong, but your spirit is. Come on, does that make sense? And for us, we want to have the right spirit. That doesn't mean that, that, of course, we love holiness. Of course, there are standards. Of course, we want to begin to study and learn and grow and, and begin to take our life and have it model Christ. But the beginning is this. We want to worship him for who he is. We want to value who he is. Listen, we, we want to make sure that we're pouring out. See, here's what the sinful woman knew. She knew how desperately in need of forgiveness she was. And there was only one person who could grant it. And here's what I'm asking you. Sir, who's come to church for 10 years. Ma'am, who's led Bible studies of Beth Moore, Priscilla Shriver, everybody, like you're the Bible master. Do you still 
pour out and believe and practice the fact that only by God's grace. Or now are you at a place where you feel like your own study, and come on, you know, my external changes. I mean, I used to dress this way, but now I, I dress this way. I used to get my hair done once a year, but now we're monthly. I used to do my nails. Come on, you remember that? I, I used to not work out. I still don't work out, but I have a membership, okay? I have a membership, and I used to not have a, I used to couldn't afford a membership, but now I got a membership. I used to not have golf clubs. Now I have one. We're working toward a whole full set. And so you have externally looked like someone, come on, who God is winning. But when God begins to look at our heart, is there a song of gratefulness and gratitude? And God, I just want to pour out and lavish upon you how good you've been to my life. And I will not pull you off the throne every time I'm frustrated, every time I feel like you haven't done what I wanted you to do. Come on, y'all not helping me. Jesus is looking for those who know they sin. And they play a song of gratitude because you still need me. You still need me. 30-year-old, you need me. 40-year-old, you need me. 87, you need me. 92, you need me. And that song can't change. And out of you has got to be that song. Come on, somebody. And it just comes out. God, I need you. We used to sing that song, I need thee, oh, I need, like, I, I need you. Don't forget. Don't forget and move on. See, love comes from you when you begin to realize how much you were loved. You cannot give to other people what you have not received. And if you forget that love, you can't give it. So then you come to church not to love people, but out of religious duty duty. People of gratitude have a passionate love for God. She poured out all she had. Listen, can I just tell you, all of you deep thinkers, all, all, she, this wasn't pontification. She, she wasn't just ideolog ideologically just thinking, I'm going to give something to God. I have no idea what it is. And so I'm going to be thinking about this for a long time. I have a lot of deep thoughts about what I could give and what I need to give. and Like it was practical, like pragmatic. Like she actually had something of worth and she physically gave it. Church, when is the last time that you just stopped and poured everything out on the Lord? Like you, you just stopped and, and like, like something that cost you time, you, uh, uh, moments, like the oil was poured out and she began to use her own tears. Everyone's going to experience hurt and pain and harsh words. 
But what's going to stop you from pouring out, pouring out? Because you have a father, listen, who wants to hear you. And, 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 and I'm just telling you, you pour out till you get to gratitude. Come on, hear me. I know some of you, may, things may not be going your way right now. I know some of you may have some real struggles like, and maybe some of you like right now today, you just had a fight and, and you're hurting. In Psalms 55, verse 6, King David, David, Mr. Heart of Worship David, writes a very real statement, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I could have written this in my journal a million and one times. And so if you feel this way today, this is why I'm telling you this verse, because I want you to know that you ain't crazy. You know, sometimes you just need to come to church and go, what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking, I ain't crazy. Is that right? Like, I don't need to feel bad about how I feel. I just need to know that someone else has felt that feeling too, and I'm not crazy. Psalms 55, verse 6, here's what David says. He's in a time of intent. It's intense. And then he says, and I say, oh, that I would have wings like a dove so that I could fly away and be at rest. See, Southwest taking stuff from the Bible. Ding. (laughs) Want to get away? (laughs) Have you ever thought this last week? I'm just going to leave it all. Good night. I'm going to leave it all. Leave all my responsibility. Leave all this pressure. Leave all this. I'm out. I'm gone. just want to fly away. Because if I can get far enough, maybe I can get some rest. Maybe you felt that way. Maybe you felt that way this last week. And here's what I want you to know. If you feel that way, God doesn't say bad you for feeling that. He says that you need to continue pouring out till you get to the end. Because at the end of Psalms 55, David comes back with, there's a call on my life. I believe my father hears me. I will humble myself and I, come on, will trust the Lord. I will trust the Lord. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your victories. Don't give up on your, the cycles of hurt and pain and all the things. Like keep moving forward. Pour out. Don't stop pouring out devotion. Don't stop pouring out your need for him. God is the only one that can forgive your sins. Give yourselves to some time of praise. Come on, give yourself to time of prayer. Give yourself to some time in his presence. And if you don't know how to do this, come on Wednesday night at 6.30. From 6.30 to 7.30, we're going to have a time of prayer. Turn on some worship music. Lift your hands, begin to sing, and I get it. I remember the first time I came to church, kind of grew up in the Catholicism, and then I, I came to church, and I remember first time coming into a charismatic church, and people were like, and I was like, are we stretching? Like, what are y'all doing? You know what I'm saying? It was like, and one, and two, and one, way. weird and I thought it was crazy because it felt intimate and weird and, eh. and then I went to Memphis in May when I was like 
a young college student, and there's like a whole bunch of concerts going around, and they had like the Smashing Pumpkins, and and I was I didn't really go to that one. I just that was, and so everybody's at the front, and they're all like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's not weird when we do it. We're just we're just praising two different things. That's why the Bible says, lift your hands to me, because the God knows you're going to lift your hands to something. Y'all not ready for me? Come on. See, it can be about you, or it can be about him. But we begin to make it weird when we come to church and people are lifting up their hands without no booty shake. Like, I expect this in the club, but in church, this is kind of weird. What are they doing? You were created to respond emotionally to the Lord. And you either have, come on, a spirit of fear or a spirit of faith. And I just need you to know that when we lift our hand, actually Paul told Timothy, I pray that every man would lift up heavy hands. Why would Paul want men to lift hands? Because he knew men were the leaders and sons and daughters would begin to look at men and go, this is how you stay grateful. Not, you've taken everything from me. Every disappointment is on you. Paul was the one that says, man, I have had money. I've had no money. I've been free. I've been in jail. I've been snake bit. I've been cheered for. But yet I have learned You gotta pour out. You gotta stay in a place of gratitude. Gratitude. His praises will continually be on my. Come on, say it. His I'm on my lips. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse ten. I'll try to read again. That was funny. Y'all could have laughed. Look at this. And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you what if you have been given things by the hand of God and you listen we all want to steal glory and honor from God it's my education it's my effort it's my work it's my this and I'm not minimizing all that you accomplished to get where you're at I'm just saying that you have to know that God has been opening doors for you that you have no idea come on Look at this, 11. Take care lest you forget. Everybody say forget. No, everybody, come on, say forget. The Lord your God, by not keeping his commandments, his rules, his statutes, which I commanded you today, lest when you have eaten and you're full and you've built houses and you live in them and your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and everything that you have is multiplied, in other words, when you start looking a little better, when you start dressing a little bit better, when you drive a little bit better car, and everybody goes, oh, God's working in your life. Be careful, because that's when you will forget him. This is why this message is so powerful. It's because if you're broken and addicted and headed toward divorce, 
you're right here with me and your praise is God I need you but if it, you've been insulated and there's been a couple years where you've not had a major problem you can forget the goodness of God And I would encourage you to go in and read this because they begin to talk about how God brought them out of slavery. That it was the one that God fed them. That it was the one that God walked them through the wilderness. And he says, when you have arrived, do not forget. Here's my last thing. We're talking about a song of gratitude. See, the reason that you've got to value who God is and the reason that you've got to continue to pour out is so that, number three, you will give God's goodness to other people. See, the story ends with Jesus telling the woman, listen to this, your past is gone. What does that mean? In other words, Jesus is saying, I, right now in this moment, because of your gratitude, because you are seeking me, you have found me, and I am replacing your pain for peace. I believe this is a recipe for us that God wants to take your pain and give you peace that surpasses all of your understanding. It will boggle your mind because your soul can play a different song even though your situations may not change overnight. There can be rest and people are like, what's going on with you? Why are you smiling with all that's happened? What's going on with you? And all you can say is I have peace that passes understanding. I should be freaking out, but I'm no longer under a spirit of fear. I have faith in my God. And I know he's going to do it. A song of gratitude sets the atmosphere. Take some time today and think about all that God has done. Shift your perspective. Without a song of gratitude, gratitude, you will forget that God is good. But when you thank him for his goodness, then here's the deal. When you thank God for his goodness, then that goodness begins to overflow and minister to other people. Other people. Love starts to flow from you to somebody else. And I believe that our world has been attacked by this spirit of fear that leads us to dis discontentment and criticalness. And everybody feels like they're a victim. And, and I'm not abused. I'm not trying to minimize trauma or abuse, but... I am just saying that when people don't say grateful, they no longer see or appreciate any good that has happened in their life. And they believe it's all negative. It's all negative. And I need you to know something. Come on, lean up in your chair. It's not all negative. Your life hasn't all been a mistake. God has been moving. Stuff has been happening. And listen, I need you to begin to shift your gaze and turn off that sad song and begin to worship the Lord so that you can see the faces and the people in your life. Well, God, if you make every one of my situations better, I'll feel better. That's not what it says. It's not what it says. People begin to pour out. And the church thrives 
The body of Christ thrives when we are in a position of gratitude and thanksgiving. And here's what happens in the churches. We're humble. We're humble. And absolutely we want holiness. And absolutely we, we, we understand all that that brings. And we preach it and we teach it. But when there's a humility on the body of Christ, we take people just as they are because we remember that God took us, come on, listen, just as we. Just as we are. See, here's what I love about Jesus. While everyone was looking down at the sinful woman, Jesus was about to pronounce a blessing on her. Jesus interrupts this dinner party and tells the woman, listen to this, what we all want to hear, man or woman. Here's what he says. Here's what he says that we all want to hear. You are secure. Regardless of who's the president, you are secure. Regardless of what happens in your life, you are secure. From this moment right now, because of what you've poured out, you are, come on, listen, secure. Jesus doesn't judge the sinful woman. He saves her. He saves her. When we spend time focusing on what God has done for us instead of what He hasn't done, there is humility in us. One of the best things about thankfulness is the more you choose it, the easier it gets. Some of us, let's just talk about this, we need to start working out our thankful muscle because you've been working out that other muscle, the muscle of critique and criticism and not enough frustration and win. But if you'll begin to exercise this gratitude, I believe that your song will change. Your song will change. And that's what I'm wanting today. Come on, all over this place. All over this place. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to begin to worship the Lord in just a second. And I want to know if the sad song is being played louder than what God's done. I want to know in your own life, are we still the sinful woman so excited that God would take us and redeem us and heal us and love us? Or have we begun to shift into the host of the party that doesn't value God's presence? Because that's not the person that I want to be. Come on, and that's not the person that I think you want to be. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the House website. We hope you have a great week.